0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, we are back with your favorite topic of stock. Picking, I get it, not everybody should pick your own stocks. Many people will probably be better off just buying index funds and going and live your life. But if you're a big fan of stock picking, you probably have entertained this idea of dividend play. Essentially, it means picking stocks for its consistent dividends so that you can form an income portfolio that you can kind of live off over time. So if you're interested in dividend play, if you're interested to build an income, I think there are some core concepts that are not really talked about out there today. Other than evaluating a company, understanding their consistent dividend payout, what are some things that you need to understand to know that, okay, your strategy is going to keep up with your expectations of getting consistent income through dividend investing? I'm going to cover some core concepts today to level up your game. So good morning everyone, I welcome you to another day with Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we'll be debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. And today we're going to focus on three concepts to help you become a better dividend Investor. If you are entertaining dividend investing as an investment strategy, then generally, your goal will be to derive consistent returns. Essentially, consistent income source is what you're seeking for. It does not need to be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50%, but it needs to be that 4, 5, 6, 7, 8% that you can get annually Buy annually or what have you, right? So you want it to be consistent. The core idea is consistency. So when you're trying to build something like that, right, there are many, many different ways. It's not just about dividend investing. You can entertain high-yield corporate bonds. You can entertain a mixed composite strategy, which is what a lot of people out there propagate, like index investing. You build a composite, then you keep drawing down. All those things are possible, right? Yeah, many ways to go about doing it. So the question today is not about whether dividend investing is superior to that of buying bonds or using long-term index fund strategy and blah blah blah. Okay, I'm already assuming that you have a general idea of what you're seeking and you have decided that you want to use dividend as an investment strategy to generate income for you. If you are still in the midst of understanding all these different investment strategies, hey, just look at the stack that we have. Right? We have already like, recorded so many content that i reached a point where I don't even remember what I have said already so there are a lot of things that we have recorded prior you can go and check out all the investment related episodes to find the thing that fit you and if you are entertaining dividend as an investment strategy the core idea then is about finding good companies that are fundamentally strong have a very resilient business that can keep paying you the kind of cash that you're looking for in the form of a dividend so, two main ideas, right? One is whether the company is fundamentally strong. The other is whether the company is willing to consistently pay you that kind of dividend. right? These two are important. Which is why there's a natural tendency for a lot of dividend investors to go for these seemingly huge companies that don't really have competition. Okay, Like, like your big banks, there are oligopoly here, if you have not realised. right? There are three big banks in Singapore which shall not be named, but they make up 40% of the Straits Times Index. Or like FMCG companies, are people that sell your drinks, your Nestle, your Thai beverage. These very, very big companies that have a dominant position in their um, space and in their industry essentially like also like your utilities and your properties they tend to pay out decent dividend and they are very very big so then that is the underlying assumption right While we are not seeking capital gains, that means we don't need the company to grow, 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 grow and reflect that kind of growth in their stock price. We also don't want to look for weird weird companies that end up, you know, can only pay us two quarters, then that's it! End of story, right? So, big companies that are willing to pay out consistent dividend is generally the formula. And I have extensively talked about what to look out for in the fundamentals of a business. From their revenue to their margins, free cash flow, cost of goods, dividend payout, blah, blah, blah. All those things, we've talked about it a lot. Whether it's in the Reads episode or the Fundamental Analysis. So please go and check them out. They're all in the podcast stack. Later this week, Sudan from Seedly will be coming on to talk with me about banks, SQ, Singtel. You know, we're, we're literally going to the names and we'll talk about their fundamentals and what is their business situation at this moment in time. So I will not go into all that, but I would like to share with you three concepts that will make you a better dividend investor after you learn all these fundamentals. So assuming you understand the fundamentals of a company, the very first concept that I want to introduce to you is the idea of terminal growth. I get it, okay? We don't want to go for big capital gains. We don't need our companies to keep growing and keep growing 10%, 20%, top line. Those are like growth space, right? We're okay with our companies just being in the business, being dominant and being strong and just keep paying us dividend. But we cannot have a company that is shrinking because that will directly shrink the dividend, like it or not, somehow right so terminal growth is a concept where the company continues to grow aligned with inflation that means about two to three percent given current standards of inflation okay that's a major assumption yeah if inflation goes up to 10 twenty percent then you expect your company to grow at 10 twenty percent to at least meet the kind of inflation standards but assuming two to three percent is the current standards that we have all agreed upon then the idea is you want terminal growth because, if the company continues to grow revenue at 2 to 3%, it will be able to offset increase in cost in labor costs, product cost, whatever costs, all the other costs aligned to inflation. So terminal growth as a central idea is very important. You cannot buy companies that seems like they're very big, they're not really growing, because if they're not growing, at least at terminal level, then essentially they're shrinking, they're getting eaten up by inflation, and someday they will just kind of cut back on their dividend, and da-da-da, and then ta-da, meo (laughs) leo. Which is why it irks me quite a bit when I hear people talk about buying big-name companies like OCBC, like Singtel, like Starhub, and what. What not, right? Okay, I will not continue name names, but the idea is that this is not a recommendation, recommendation. Huh? But I get very irritated at the coffee shop when people talk about this. Oh, what? We sing Singtel. Oh, I bought OCBC because, you know, very big, ma. Nothing will happen. And then you go up, go up, law. If not, then I take dividend, or What? Okay, it sounds like dividend becomes this, like, a consultation price, you know. If you fail to meet your objective, then are not bad, la. There's some sort of dividend. <laughs> okay, so... so but, but that is a fundamental error. We'll not emulate that. We want you to have a clear goal what we are going for and then the strategy that we're going for and if dividend investing is the thing look for terminal growth okay so looking for terminal growth is one of the core ideas to help you stay aligned with inflation and to make sure your company is at least growing aligned with market right it's moving along it is not growing very fast by straddling along so it's not dead it will not shrink while I say terminal growth 2-3% to 3% is what I'm looking for I have a caveat for you and that is I want to make sure that the margins is kept consistent which means my cost of goods to my revenue the difference right, is kept consistent so that it can have consistent free cash flow Okay, Free cash flow is important because free cash flow essentially is the money that the company make at the end after it minus everything So top line revenue being in terminal stage 2-3% to 3%, is to ensure that the free cash flow is kept at consistent The free cash flow don't need to grow, but it at least needs to be consistent. Why? Which brings me to point number two, and that is the company's net dividend payout needs to be smaller than that of free cash flow. And we'll talk about this afterward from our sponsor. So I think one of the main concerns people have when it comes to dividend investing is whether the company will keep paying out dividend. So then you've got to ask yourself whether the company has the ability to keep paying out dividend. So other than the whole idea of terminal growth, that the balance sheet is fundamentally strong, you know, revenue is good, margins are good, cost of goods are kept constant, and it has a good history of paying out dividend, At the very core, you need to recognise that the business itself is making more money than it is paying out its dividend. So net dividend payout essentially is all the dividend that's being received by every one of its shareholders, which means your dividend per share times the total amount of shares That is the net dividend payout of the company. And you want to make sure that the company is paying out less than its free cash flow. That means it still has money left after deducting all the different, different costs. It's like your household expenses. Say you make $5,000 and then then you minus your rental, minus your food, minus everything, everything minus everything. you left with $1,000. This is your free cash flow as an individual. What do you want to do with this? You can decide you want to save it, you want to invest in something else, you can treat your friend, What not What have you That is up to you So from a company's perspective That is the same idea After deducting everything That is the free cash Sitting around Free cash flow and what do they do? They tend to give out a dividend so that they can keep you invested and have you stay around and continue to be their shareholder. They want to make you happy also, ma. Right? You invest in them. I give you some money. Okay, ma. And there are actually a lot of people that invest for dividend. So you see that sometimes when companies cut back on dividend, their share price will get affected also. So in order to make sure the company does not cut back on their dividend, you want to make sure that for an extended period of time, they're actually paying out less than their free cash flow, but they're consistently paying out the same amount okay or a little bit more a little bit more you know as it goes along why not there's also an issue with fraudulent payout okay what do i mean uh? so it's not very common i'm not saying that every company is out there to fraud you uh, okay relax relax huh but if the company is paying out the net paid dividend payout of the company is bigger than the free cash flow then you're gonna ask yourself where's the money coming from what happens a lot of times is these companies will end up issuing corporate debt. So they issue the debt, then they take the money to pay out their investor. And which is not very healthy because then the company's fundamental financials become wonky. Imagine you keep, it's like, you got credit card bills, right? You need to pay your credit card bills. Huh? But then you go and borrow for another credit card to pay this credit card. So that you make this credit card bill uh, owner happy. So so that's the idea, right? Some companies, if they're not doing well fundamentally, and they're not willing to cut their dividend, then they end up paying out more dividend than their free cash flow. Over time, it is not healthy. Because although short term, they make you happy, oh, you still continue to get your 5% dividend payout, you still get your 5% dividend payout. But a few years later, the amount of corporate debt or the amount of financial engineering that goes within the company is going to make the company fundamentally very wonky. So to me, as a dividend investor, I want to make sure that net dividend payout is smaller than my free cash flow. And then best, if they have a little bit of extra free cash flow, they can invest a little bit back into their business so that they can buy some extra equipment, they can upgrade their stuff, and continue to stay competitive so that they can achieve at least terminal growth. Which brings me to point number three, and that is out of the company. It is about the tax situation where you are invested. So I'm sure by now you probably have heard that Singapore government does not tax your dividend payout. So every single dollar that comes out of the company as a form of dividend, you are not taxed. Okay, so if the company gives you 50 cents, you take the 50 cents. The company gives you $2, you take the $2. And go and do whatever you want. You can reinvest. You can go and buy something else. You can treat yourself. Whatever you, you can do your beautiful thing. That you seek too, but if you're investing abroad, okay, I think a lot of people are investing in the U.S. So you probably have a general idea that if you're invested in the U.S., every single dollar that comes out of the U.S. company as dividend, you are taxed thirty percent as a foreigner withholding tax. Okay, so it means every dollar that comes out, you only get seventy cents. The government, the U.S. government, takes thirty cents. Okay, and there are other jurisdictions, like in China, it's 10% on dividend. Hong Kong is tax-free. Malaysia also does not charge, you know, dividend tax. So if you want a clearer summary of dividend, of how much, which country is taxing their dividend, then you can head over to taxsummaries.pwc.com. Hashtag not sponsored. But I think they have some of the clearest tax sheet. Tax S-U-M-M-A-R-I-E-S, Dot .pwc.com. When I was searching for information, they gave me the simplest, cleanest, you know, way to look at it. Of course, there are other, you know, index funds or dividend funds that pride themselves for being tax efficient. That means they have a domicile somewhere, blah blah blah. It's, it's a little bit more complicated. We're not talk about it today, but those are what they call tax optimized portfolios. That is also one way to go about reducing tax. But the main idea is if you are investing for dividend you have to be cognizant of the tax situation where you are involved in don't just invest invest thinking wow you know why i'm gonna make more dividend because i invest here but you don't actually know how much is gonna be taxed right so which is why every time we invest abroad we got to be consistent and cognizant about tax structures forex rates all those kind of stuff but specifically for a dividend investor i believe you have to be cognizant of your tax situation to make sure that it achieves the goal that you set out for, right? So, simple concepts that I think it's uh, underappreciated, not really discussed. So, I'm going to end off today with these three concepts. As a summary, right? So, number one is the idea of terminal growth. If you want to be a better dividend investor, the central idea is to find good, fundamentally strong companies that pay out consistent dividend, right? Which means, in order to keep up with the times, you want to make sure that your company is still growing. It does not need to grow a lot, but at least two to three percent to beat inflation, which is the idea of terminal growth. Point number two is net dividend payout needs to be smaller than free cash flow because you want to make sure that every time the company is paying you, right, they are not doing all sorts of weird things to pay you. They actually can afford to pay you. Of course, you want it to be consistent and all that. But if, let's say, the company is really not doing so well and they decide to cut back on dividend, then you can re-decide on whether you want to stay with them or you can sell the company. But at the core, you must make sure that Net dividend payout is smaller than free cash flow. And number three, the last point is you have to be cognizant of the tax situation. Sometimes we are excited, we want to get our yields elsewhere because there's more yield and more dividend payout in other countries, blah blah blah. But if you're not cognizant of the tax situations, you cannot factor that into your investment strategy. So I hope these three concepts will help make you a better dividend investor. And I hope you learned something useful so today. See ya! Hope you learned something useful to today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with The Financial Coconut knowledge is that much more powerful interesting, and interesting when shared, debated and discussed join our community telegram group follow us on our socials sign up for our weekly newsletter everything is in the description below and if you love us and want to help us grow definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials also if you have some interesting thoughts to share or know someone that you want to hear more from reach out to us to financialcoconut.com. With that, I'm ahead. Stay tuned next week, and always remember: personal finance can show clear, sustainable for all. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. Yay! So happy to be talking about investing again, and I know a lot of you like to, you know, hear investment-related topics, and we're also building a backend, you know, with all these... uh. Investment-centric content where we review certain companies, we talk about their fundamentals. You know, we help you along in this process of learning what to look out for in different sectors and different things that um, are unique to certain companies, right? So all that will be coming up very soon. But for this month, um, it's a little bit of a jump over. There's a little bit of investing, and then we're also work- working with Providence. So Providence will be coming on to do a series with us, talking about financial planning um, at different stages of your life, mini retirement, estate planning, young family. And- And of course, they are famous for the whole term versus life kind of thing, right? So we did a series with them. It's going to come out mid of this month. But just for later this week, Sudan will be coming on, right? So I had a very good chat with Sudan um, to talk about the different big names in Singapore in terms of the Singapore stock market. While I'm not a big fan of the Singapore stock market, I do own a REIT portfolio, which most of you probably know. uh, But he started off investing in Singapore. So I think he has a lot of good insights to share about that. So I'll leave that to him. And I had a great time with him. He's a great guy in terms of his understanding of knowledge, a uh, rigor. So, yeah, had a good time and I'm sure you'll learn some good stuff. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about some of the global shifts that are happening or at least the stuff that I'm observing that will affect the way you plan your personal finance, right? And uh, some pretty good thoughts to share after interviewing so many people and uh, doing some research. So, that's good stuff. Um, keep helping us, girl. You know, finally, we're talking about investing again, and I know you like it, so yeah. (laughs) Take care, but life is not always just about investing. Go and find some hobby and go and live your life, okay? I'm going to live my life now. Take care, guys. Bye.